0: hey what's up today we are going to be talking to my boy jay from unity tx really good band from the dallas area and i have some history going back to the early days of me starting the browning full time when I moved down here to Dallas. Uh, And Jay was one of the very first people I ever met at a skate park in Louisville. And he was really cool. And then we've always kept in touch throughout. And he is even involved in some stuff in the early days. We'll get into it into the podcast. But yeah, I can't wait to talk to Jay because they're killing it right now. They have a tour coming up with Silverstein and the genres they're they're out there man i love it i love these tours that bring such unique packages together and before we get into it this episode is sponsored by my own company me and hardcore keem started it is called mosh vip if you head over to mosh vip we have launched the company with vip packages on the upcoming browning tour both The Browning and Hardcore team, And even if you can't make it to the tour, we've done something really sick. We've done online VIPs where you get the exact same merch bundle and ship to your house and a personalized video from us straight to you. So head over to moshvip.com slash thebrowning. Pick up this exclusive merch for this upcoming tour. And uh, you're supporting not only... The Browning, but also a new company by me and Hardcore Keem. So I appreciate you guys. Let's get into the episode. And I am Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burnless Wolf Podcast. I've known you for so long. I me and you go way back with uh, skating at Louisville Skatepark. Whenever I first moved there And so you grew up in Dallas Were you right around there uh, always?
1: Uh, I mean like I was from Michigan but I moved to Dallas Like whenever I was younger But I moved to like I moved from North Dallas to uh, Louisville Like around like 2007 Gotcha. And I spent Yeah I spent like some time around there before But like yeah that was kind of like my Stumbling ground for everything Like you know learn how to skate better And Do all kinds of shit at that park
0: That skate park was sick I've I've never been to a skate park that nice
1: Yeah and it was like new for us Because like Louisville had nothing Like It was like we had a few famous people That lived in the city But other than that like It was like you couldn't even skate anywhere Because they would like Either kick you out of places Or like you know the cops would be dicks
0: Yeah and that skate park is massive. Uh, it really is, and that's one thing I love about Texas. It really does got so many good skate parks. And I mean, whenever I first moved there, I was I was just starting the Browning, and uh, I would go there and skate after working at Walmart. And I mean, it's packed, all sorts of people there. And um, the and not only did we skate together there, but also you lent the Browning uh, one of your guitars for our Bloodless music video.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> oh, dude, and that's how I got the green string. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit! You just unlocked the memory that I do. I could not remember how the hell I ended up at that uh, that video shoot or anything. <laughs> but like, I like have a photo of me standing on set with y'all that someone took, and I was just like. Yo, this is wild. I just looked at it like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, what the fuck was I doing there? I mean, I know I, like, fucked with y'all and everything, but, like, how the fuck did I get in that position?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, our guitarist at the time. It was the very first thing he had ever done for us, and he just flew in just to record that video. And I hit you up asking if you had a black guitar, and <laughs> there you were.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. I remember that fucking guitar, too. That's insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. You made us look that much cooler in the Bloodlust video. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Nah, dude,
1: that's insane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you, I mean, you weren't doing uh, much music back then from what I remember, uh, but like Unity, really, uh, you've been doing that for a while now. How many years has Unity been uh, going?
1: I've been, you know, like, it's been a band for eight years, but I started writing it at the end of 2013. You know, just me and my uh, friend, we we were both in, like, deathcore bands. He was in a progressive uh, metal band or whatever. But, like, we were filling in for everyone's bands and shit. So we were getting, like, a you know, just kind of a swing of, like, all different, like, styles of heavy music because we were just, like, homies with these bands. And they're like, we need a guitarist. So and sometimes we play together. So eventually I was like... We should just write some ignorantly heavy shit and just get all of our homies who mosh hard as fuck to just play it with us. Cause like, we're all friends. We all mosh for each other's bands. You know, we all like went hard and everything and we, we could play our instruments. So it just kind of like worked out hand in hand, but you know, it, it came to the point to where people, you know, wasn't really driven for that anymore. Wanted to do something else. It's fine. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, bands go all over the place and stuff like that because it's, it's, you're not going to find the right people right in the get go. It's always a process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've had people move to Dallas. mm -hmm. Like, you know, my friends have moved to Dallas to like be in the band and stuff. And, you know, like, it's crazy to know that it like pulls that much of a force from people because they just like really want to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, some people got it in them like that, and it's it is just something that's so meaningful and to a lot of people. And uh, I mean, Unity is really has something quite unique about it to where it like to me, a Unity feels like a um, I don't want to say local band, but very much a um, like a a Dallas based band that is on like another level you know what i'm saying and it feels underground whenever you're watching it and listening to it um but you guys are really like you pop off you do all the biggest crap in dallas and then also you guys just you've done a couple tours and you just announced a tour with like freaking Silverstein.
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's cool you know honestly like i am very like underground about this shit but like I want, I want Unity to be something that resonates with the underground kids to, to let it be known that I didn't have anyone helping me start this shit out whenever I first started, you know, like, you know, I still do the writing myself, you know, I got bandmates and they contribute from time to time, but, you know, I'm still writing this from my point of view, like, how would I want to hear a band that's like heavy in the metal scene or whatever, whenever I was like 14, like if I heard my shit when I was 14, bro, I'd be shitting myself.
0: <laughs> that's the best you stuff know, to be writing. I mean, I'm that, I'm trying to capture that still. Like I'll, I'll go back and listen to songs that I wrote when I was like 14. And I'm like, how do I make it sound like that again?
1: <laughs> dude. Yeah. That's the crazy part. It's like, you can go back on your old songs and then elevate them. And then you like, you get to listen to them. You're like, Oh shit!
0: <laughs> yeah, you're on some stuff back whenever we were kids,
1: aka just yeah. not
0: caring about anything. For real. And, and yeah, feel, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was just gonna say, I feel like music got more uh, based about life, at least experience for me.
0: Yeah, and unity as a whole, like, is it? What's does it have a generalized purpose of like the lyrics and what you're talking about on a personal level?
1: Uh, I mean, like essentially I kind of look at it as like, like a notebook of shit, you know, just like kind of writing out poetry and, you know, some songs are like turn up songs and everything and stuff, but it's just like, you know, think of like someone writing in a diary or Doug writing in his journal or something like that. But like, you know, like I just feel like every song is like a piece of, you know, a piece of mind, you know? Yeah, And writing music is fucking weird, you know, but like I'm looking at it from a poetic value. Like I I'll, I'll look at inspiration like Tupac, you know, for lyrical uh, value and just like the way that the whole entire vision is just driven, you know, like the whole entire uh, gangster rap like era of the 90s and stuff like that's what I grew up with. I grew up with like original hip hop and stuff. And listen to stuff like Naughty by Nature and then switching over and listening to like Red Ray Hot Ray Chili Peppers because my mom was like, you know, it was just on MTV and my mom was like, I like this song. So I was like, okay, I like this song too. And, you know, and that stuff resonates like from a young age. I never really like picked up an instrument until I was like older, you know, but I always had the drive to want to do it. It's just nobody in my family really trusted me with it because we was always known to like, you know, just kind of waste our shit like you know you get something that's cool and you put it down you know but i was really driven for like music i just didn't get the opportunity until like i was like 15 when i actually had a friend who had a guitar to let me use
0: and so do you think that um your inspiration from listening to like the old school gangster rap has a uh, impact on at least the uh vibe and of sort of the energy of unity because maybe that's partially why i feel it feels kind of like underground because it kind of feels like that uh there's some sort of vibe to it that has that feel is that an inspiration or just something that's naturally coming out of you
1: it's It's stuff because it's like natural, you know it's just like what what I live around, this is what I experience and see life through, you know, a lot of other people you know who are ethnic, who listen to metal haven't been exposed to that yet, but whenever they are, they're like, oh shit, this is this is wild, like you know, and it's like expression of being someone who obviously is not the favorable you know public you know person in the public eye or whatever, so it's like. You know, like, I'm just writing about how I experience things, like, how I see it, you know, how I feel about it, you know, whatever. It's not like I'm trying to make, like, an actual, like, point to anything, to tell anyone they're wrong. I'm just saying life's fucking hard, and this is the way I express it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it it has that vibe, and it has some, like, serious energy behind it. Um, and especially live. And the first times I was really seeing you guys live was at those at like South by So What and stuff like that, the big festivals. And I feel like your music thrives in those, in those situations, but you are also someone that was going to those festivals and experiencing them as well as uh then having your band in them being like kind of a mainstay especially in that dallas area and um is is your favorite kind of crowd those festivals or do you love uh getting in those those packing out those rooms
1: man i love those festival crowds because like the crazy thing is is like i i like entertaining big crowds of people because i like to see what they'll do you know as you're conducting with like a heavy force of music behind you the whole entire crowd will do whatever you ask you know like and i just always got to see that from like seeing like what dmx at woodstock or watching you know lincoln park live in texas you know you know family values tour like stuff like that it's just a whole entire era of music that i never got to experience whenever i was a kid but i always saw it on tv and in movies and stuff and you know, like, I was too young to really be out there experiencing experiencing the lifestyle of, like, actual warp Tour when everyone was out there shredding. And also, hella bands out there, like, my favorite bands, like Finch and Armin for Sleep, were playing at the same time. Like, you know, but what I want with, like, Unity and the whole entire thing behind it is to, like, carry that, but in, like, my own way. To where it's, like, it doesn't have to be a thing where it's, like, oh, well, I... I'm thinking about, like, the festivals, this and that. It's like, no, nah, this is, like, actually just, like, a urban, urban kind of, like, influence into metal and alternative or whatever you call it. You know, like, I'm just kind of, like, just going with the flow. I look at Damn. experience from, or not experience, but um, inspiration from, like, Deftones, you know? So I take with that you know they are just like you know whatever about shit but they're in the right mind about what they want and what they like and who they are and i feel like a lot of bands you know i can't speak for them but you know don't really express themselves like that or don't express it enough to the point to where it makes them seem you know like you're a force
0: yeah definitely and i mean you you definitely as a as an entertainer and as a front man you definitely are a force whenever it comes to that. And I mean, isn't that just like a freaking weird feeling? Like, especially the, these last two years having done essentially nothing, dude, it is the weirdest feeling to, to see videos or to pictures of myself in front of these crowds. And I'm like, wait, that's what I was doing, you know? And I'm supposed to start doing that again. And like, even my wife too, is just so weird to think about getting up on stage and having that control. Does that weird you out at all?
1: Uh I mean, nah, dude, because the thing is, is, like, you got to be ready for it. And, like, when this shit comes back, like, it's here, and it's in full force. And, like, you can't really stop. You can't take a break. Like, we had two years, and if you try to... It, or if you get, like, overwhelmed and everything, you'll get left behind. Definitely. And that's what I hate about it, because, like, you know, I'm in that stress mode right now because, like, we were supposed to pop at 2020 with all the tours and everything we had. But, like... It was just, like, that happened, and then we just kind of, like, had to be sitting ducks for, like, two years. You know, our European tours kept getting canceled and, or, like, postponed, and then this tour would get presented, but then, like, you know, COVID happened, and then it just got postponed again it just keeps going, but... I found a way to like at least keep us busy locally, you know, just by doing stuff like playing emo night, you know, just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, you know, and the emo for-
0: the emo night is a a thing I, I really wanted to talk about on this because I wanted to um you know it's a it's an interesting thing uh, that you're doing with that and i like hearing perspectives from just not this typical band route and i think you're doing something extremely unique with the with the emo night thing and so you guys are basically i mean can you tell tell me because exa- i haven't been to an emo night i really wanted to come out to one of them because i was just in dfw but for the people listening that don't know what you guys are doing with emo night can you tell just a little bit about that
1: uh, So pretty much, like, I just host and, like, Hype Man for Emo Night L.A. I, they have, like, a Texas uh, link with our friends in Third String, and they pretty much do a bunch of dates around Texas, you know, every month. And I go, I go to them, and, you know, I jump around. I, I Hype Man, and if you don't know what Emo Night is, it's just, like, playing pop culture stuff from, like, the, you know— Two thousands to like you know whatever it is now, pop culture of alternative you know lifestyle bro. A lot of yeah. people are like emo in all, their own way. So I think the emo night's sick because it brings out all different genres of emo.
0: And is it base? Is it basically just like a, a big get together kind of party where you everyone where you just jam like old emo songs and you're on stage hyping everyone up and singing together and stuff.
1: Yeah, it, like, essentially seems like a rave, but, like, like I wouldn't say it's, like, a rave. It's just a big party. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I treat it like it's a rap show. So, like, you know, like, I'm hyping the whole time. Like, when there's, like, parts where it's, like, rhythm, you know, like, bridges and songs. Like, I'll be chanting A or I'll be telling everyone to clap their hands, you know, just trying to get the crowd interaction and keep it hype. Because, like, some people, bro, they live for that shit. Some people wait all week, you know, work whatever shit job they have, go through whatever bullshit they have. They just want to come to Emo Night and sing some of their favorite songs and also drink with some people that, you know, they met recently that haven't made them, you know, feel rough about life and everything. Like, you know, that's just kind of how I look at it. It's like, for me, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that my band is involved with it because like, you know, that's what I want for my band too. I pretty much just want to create this whole environment for all kinds of people to come into, but be cool with each other because they fuck with the music. And like, I experiment with Unity, so it's gonna be like all kinds of different music, you know? So hopefully we can just, you know, do something crazy. I like that the fact that if we don't make it big or like mainstream or whatever, we can still be underground, do whatever the fuck we want, and people will fuck with it because it's just like us expressing ourselves, yeah. you know?
0: And I think that the the Emo Night is is a cool concept because, like, um, I mean, like, dubstep DJs and crap like that, they just play other people's music, too. And it's just a crowd listening to other people's music. They're just DJing, literally just DJing. And so, like, Emo Nights could be that exact same thing but for, like, the alternative crowd. And so it's like, why couldn't someone do, like, a full tour of Emo Night? And just because you guys have big crowds showing up.
1: like Huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it'd be such a cool concept to to do like a full tour of emo night, just basically hosting these nights all around the country. And I mean, you guys would be the perfect fit for that bill. And I mean, I think it would freaking sell out like everywhere. I don't know why it wouldn't. It it's just it's so nostalgic and I think nostalgia is one of the main things that sells in the current state of the scene.
1: Yeah, true. I absolutely agree with you. I just don't like when it comes to us playing Emo Night, unfortunately, the people aren't there to see a band like us, Yeah, you know? So it's like, it could be too aggressive for them, <laughs> Yeah, which is why when we did play, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I'd be hyping <laughs> this crowd up. They'd be singing Take It Back Sunday. They're not really experiencing dog barks.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, w- would you guys do covers or anything like that? Or are you just you're just slamming? No, we're just playing. <laughs> I mean, that's sick though. It's, and do you think that the, like hosting the emo night in DFW has opened more people's eyes to you as just like a, uh, entertainer and have brought people to unity?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I, I also play ruckus at emo night. So everyone like moshes to it, but it's like, you know, one of those things where they just, it's just like the energy, you know? I just get a lot of people at the end of the night always saying, like, you know, thank you for your, like, energy. Thank you for, like, hyping everybody up the whole night and stuff. And a lot of other people will be, you know, wearing... So we did a collab with Emo Night last year whenever uh, shows kind of, like, started to come back at the end of summer. And we, like, had this shirt from Emo Night. It said, sad as fuck, but... I said, let's, uh, scrape over sad and spray paint mad. So it'd be mad as fuck. And they were cool with it. We put it together and so many people bought that shirt and like, they still wear it. They're like, dude, look at my shirt. Look at my shirt. Like it's, it's pretty sick. I mean, that's
0: a really good concept, not only just for a shirt, but also for the, uh, the meaning behind that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely like, I was just linking, like, pretty much, like, our brand at the time, you know, to the shit. It's, like, it's cool, and I'm I'm grateful for that company because, like, they're so cool about, you know, doing shit. They fuck with the band. They support the band. And, you know, like, for me, like, I'm blessed to have that opportunity. You know, some people could just say no, you know, just because a band is a— you know a band from nowhere but like they legit like our music which is like cool
0: uh, they say it's all about who you know right
1: i guess so you know
0: and do you think that um who was the first like major support that you had for the band as in like uh someone that was really pushing you guys out there to do to do more of this stuff did you guys have someone that showed interest right off the bat Or not right off the bat, but more so that helped you start getting more of these opportunities?
1: So, um, when we like first started as a band, like pretty much, uh, you know, like third string and all them, they were still doing shows, obviously. And I was, I think Kendrick, uh, I don't know if you know Kendrick, but he plays bass in Begotten now, but he was playing bass for Unity, like we were going to set it up, and I think he presented it to like Orlando, like, hey, you should uh, you should put Unity on the Indirections release show, because that band Indirections was like, you know, releasing their self-titled, or I don't know, it was like LP1 or something like that, but yeah, we just got to play this show. And we just went out, I talked my shit, you know, I acted fucking stupid because I didn't know how to be a vocalist, <laughs> but it was cool. I just went ape shit, you know? And that was like 2014. And then they they were like, yo, that performance was fucking sick. Y'all wanna play South by So What? And uh we played South by So What? <clears throat> and it was cool, you know, like people were fucking with us, like that was like back when, you know, Silar and all of them were like heavy coming up in the scene and, like, popping. they started, like, you know, tapping in with us. And we didn't really have any music out until August. But that was because, like, I guess we were working with Third String. Like, we are just playing shows, you know, opening shows and stuff. And just, you know, getting the word out and stuff. And then they hooked us up with uh Ben, who used to play guitar for Crown the Empire, Ben Swade, And he was doing... Production and stuff So I like linked with him After a couple of other producers And came to him with like the idea Of doing a couple songs You know, Third String linked us with that Um, or Whatever, Mike Orlando But, um, yeah I sat with the dude, I recorded the songs Or wrote songs My guitarist at the time recorded the guitars and everything He did his thing, we just kind of sat there And just put our heads together and, you know, we're doing the work. Ben was like, oh, shit. Well, I can't get this done right away because I'm about to go on tour. So he went on tour and he was working with it and stuff. But pretty much what happened was I think he was on tour with Issues, too. Crown Empire and Issues were on tour. And I remember AJ from Issues tweeting, like, I want to hear more music from Unity TX soon. Like, something like that. And for me, that was like a huge thing because like, I loved issues, you know, I still do, but it was wild to like, see someone like that who was like very inspirational to like what I do because it's like ethnic, you know, presence in metal showing, you know, the, you know, obvious signs through the songwriting and stuff that like really put it on. And it just kind of like went from there. We was like, we got, our first song debuted on like Brian stars, like YouTube channel or something like that. I guess, uh, Orlando or Mike had like some kind of hookup for that or something. I don't, I don't know. Like I've never spoken to Brian stars. Maybe I spoke to him in a Twitter comment or something. I don't
0: know. Like that situation got awkward.
1: It was, it was Brian stars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, yo, uh, appreciate you for the, for the plug. like, you know, it was up there, people were receiving it well, you know, and it's it's like, it's not just like, we were just a band that got everything handed to us, it was like the music spoke for itself, and the people said so, you know, ever since the beginning.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you guys put yourself out there, that's the, that's the biggest thing, and then you're also willing to put in the hard work whenever the opportunities uh, presented themselves, and that's one of the big things is uh, a lot of people don't put themselves in the right position to get the opportunity. And then when the opportunity comes, they fall, you know, fall, fall out. And, uh, you know, you, you put yourself in the right area and the right time and put yourself, you know, out there to be able to get those opportunities in the first place. I mean, uh, it's not that anything was handed to you. It was more so you were just, uh, you made it happen you know and yeah that's that's what i like to see and that's that's one thing i i knew from just seeing your stuff because I've, I've always I, like i started the browning in dallas and so i've kind of always been around the same sort of scene but uh and i just had seen your stuff just slowly popping back up and i was like wait jay's out there freaking doing this crap you know <laughs> and i i just love seeing it like 100 it's um, really awesome. Everything that you guys are doing. And I mean, how do you guys think you're going to be received on a tour with Silverstein? Cause I, th- I saw that package. I was like, wait, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, dude. Like we're always going to be the oddball, uh, if, especially if we're going to be like the opener for a tour, like I'm completely fine with it because like, you know, I've entertained on my own, you know, doing emo night is not easy. And that is five hours at a time. So, you know, 25 minutes of rocking out with my band on stage (laughs) for all these new and impressionable people, like, you know, bro, that is really not that big of a issue for me. Like, this is what I worked hard for, you know, this is exactly what I want, you know. Eventually people are gonna know us, but until then, you gotta go out there and, you know, you gotta knock them doors down. Like
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that I think you have the personality and and the style to um be able to get any any crowd into it. Like you said you have you have you've command them, you know, you have the control of it. And I, I think that you're a front man that is going to be able to handle that situation for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't like to overthink about it too much because it's like one it's a long time between here and then. Yeah. And uh, it's always a different feeling from where I am right now, how I feel right now versus moments before I step on that stage. And I got to take the, the pre-stage shits. Do you, you know?
0: <laughs> Do you have, I mean, to me, it is kind of a weird thing going from off the stage to directly on it. Cause I'll be, you know, intro music will start and the band's just kind of standing back there acting just completely normal. Then you just you just hit the stage and it's like a a different person comes out for me at least it's it, do you feel absolutely. you so you you feel like there's some sort of other energy that just like boom like the second you get in front of that crowd and they start yelling
1: Yeah, I absolutely uh believe that uh you know especially as an entertainer uh we have a very you know we we can we can What's the word? What's the word? We can contain our psychoticness or whatever. But I think about everything as like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. You know, Dr. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. And, you know, split personality. Which sometimes they bleed into the other. But ultimately, when I step on stage, bro, it's like adrenaline. Like, I'm looking around. I have all this space to jump around, do whatever I'm doing. Like, you know, go absolutely... You know, crazy because, you know, at this moment, nothing else matters. This is, you know, what you have spent a long time sitting inside your room late at night, writing, whatever, listening to ridiculously crying over, getting mad over, wanting to break shit over, breaking up with someone over, you know, like this is exactly what you wanted. So there should be no anxiety really behind it, especially if you fucking made it to the level that you made it at, you know, like. That's the way I look at it. And, you know, if I fold and I don't come with it, then it's like, what what am I here for? You know, why did I put in all the work this whole entire time? Like, if I'm able to do it, then why not do it?
0: Right. And I mean, to me, it's it would be more awkward to not put the energy in, you know? then I'd be standing on stage doing jack squat. and People just be staring at me. It's like, I got to be moving and yelling just to make myself feel decent or like, feel like, uh, you know, it's not awkward.
1: Yeah. That's why I just jump around a lot. Like, honestly, if I don't really feel like saying anything, I'm probably just going to be hopping, just like (laughs) doing some weird, like spin or something like that. Cause I'm like, bro, I just really don't want anyone to know that I'm just tired as fuck right now.
0: I, dude, I, I honestly, like, I always was pretty healthy, like, my my whole life, at least uh, weight-wise. And this two years, I, I've i now realized how much cardio I actually got from being on tour, as opposed to now. <laughs> I need that stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, dude, I'm, I can't wait for these tours. Like, you know, obviously, we're probably not going to have the biggest playing space because, you know, the headliners are fucking massive. Yeah. But... But, like, I'm excited to see what I'm given to run across, you know. <laughs> like, There you go. It's, I love the cardio of playing shows and just knowing that I could just jump around, you know, for 25 minutes. And I don't have to worry about going for a mile run later.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, you still skate. Do you say skate, like, pretty often still?
1: Uh, I haven't just because of, like where I'm like currently staying is like a kind of, kind of a ways away from the park. And I'm like, man, I'm like lazy. I don't feel like (laughs) skating four miles to go skate. Right. You know, like that's something I would have done whenever I was like 23 or something like that, or like 26. But like, no bro, I'm, I'm 31. Like I can't do that shit anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, falling hurts a lot worse now than it used to.
1: Hell yeah! I get to the skate park and I fall once, and I want to go home. Nah,
0: <laughs> Man, I'd be mad as fuck, dude. If I get hit in the shin, I can't breathe for like five minutes.
1: <laughs> Bro, imagine being Steve-O in the Jackass movie.
0: Oh god, I couldn't imagine that. That dude is extreme. <laughs> he, I mean, he's doing some yeah. cool stuff now. I'm, I'm all about his his progression and how what he's uh, turned himself into. It's pretty sick to see him now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I see, and you know that's just the thing about being an entertainer. You know, like you, you grow throughout it and become a better you. On the other, you know, the other side, at least for the people who have the best intention for it.
0: And I mean, where do you where do you see this going for for you as far as like unity? I mean, unity is is an extreme band, but like honestly. Whenever I I see you like doing all the stuff you do on on all the social medias because you're very active, I see you being something a, a a lot. I I don't know how to say this without sounding like uh demeaning towards hardcore or metal music, but I see you being something like a lot bigger. Where do you see yourself
1: like taking this a lot further than hardcore and metal? And like, like yeah. You know, like it it sucks to say, but it's just like I do appreciate this scene and the values that they teach our youth and everything. But like I don't really agree with the way that a lot of people act, you know, especially like with people that I've like come up with and like how it's not like people like on a like national or like global level, but it's like people I like grew up with. Like playing in bands and shit and like how sour they get to see, you know, that I've gotten to a certain point or, you know, like they can't do this shit anymore. It's like, you know, it sucks. You know, I do love my friends and like I I wish the best for them. But like I feel like it's not like I'm asking for a pat on the back or anything. But if I see you in public and I actually want to speak to you, dude, don't look down or like don't, you know, act like you don't know who I am or something like that. Like, it's just weird, dude. Well, I had, I, I
0: early on with the Browning, um, it was, I had the weirdest switch whenever the Browning started getting like success. Cause I had a a weird moment where I randomly joined as blood earns black when I was 18. And quit. I remember that. Yeah. And I, and I, I lasted that about a year. Uh, and then whenever I started the Browning, like people from my hometown were stoked, but then also the browning immediately started touring and start and got signed and all this and then everyone from the hometown hated me like i don't i didn't get it it was like whenever i whenever the browning wasn't uh you know out there doing doing big stuff people loved that it was from there but then once i started doing shows in Kansas City as a touring band it's like i don't know it felt like the hometown people were just like no, they yeah, I, I don't like the Browning anymore because they've you know it' sold out or something, like, oh, they're signed, and it it felt like it felt like a bunch of local musicians were like salty, that they had been a, a local band for ten years and never did anything. and I started the Browning and in you know a year, we were like full on. And so did you do you, is that what you're talking about? Do you feel like there's people from the local scene that are like salty that you're having the success now?
1: I mean, it's not as, like, uh, visible as it was before because, like, obviously we've, like, shown our work and, like, proof that, like, you know, we're here, you know, with a purpose and, you know, something to speak on. But it's just, like, over the years there have been people who I was, like, you know, you know, I'd see them and they'd be, like, a part of, like... I don't know even what scene we fit in. We just played metalcore shows because that's, like, where we got placed. But it was, like, I don't know. Just people who are just generally not into, like, I guess metalcore, the idea of even the sound or whatever, like, just kind of, like, give me that vibe, bro. And I guess it's not even just local. It's just, like, in the scene in general, like, I feel like we're not really respected or, like, really, you know, just appreciate it like I appreciate other bands and stuff. Not like I'm, like, being like, hey, fuck you, fuck with me, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just, you know, it feels weird. But, like, I don't care anymore. I really don't. Because, like, I've really been doing this shit by myself since, the you know, the beginning, you know? And I got a solid group of dudes with me and stuff. And I'm just ready to take the world. I don't really care, like, what... You know, or like how people take anything that I do, because the thing is, is I'm doing it. And that's the whole entire reason why I'm doing this shit. It's just to inspire like the youth, especially people like me who are ethnic, who like look up to, you know, people who play guitar like Tosin Abasi or something like that. They like want to do this shit and know that it's possible. You know, there, there's people who come up like this in a rap game and people always say, oh, it's just the same thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when you see it from the ground up in the metal scene, like, people don't really want to look at it the way that they should.
0: And do but you, whenever do you feel that, that is, that's part of, like, a, this underlying mission to you?
1: Yeah, I always got to prove myself. But, like, I don't really care about, like how much i prove myself i'm just gonna do what the fuck i do and if if you're not gonna take it or if you got something you know sideways to say about it then it's like all right do better
0: yeah and i mean i i do think that they're in the metal scene i i mean i i wrote a song about it forever ago called industry and i just i do hate that there's like a semi rock star mentality when I mean, really the genre is at a low point and it, it kind of has been for quite a while and these dudes get such this mentality of thinking that they're like all that when really it's, I mean, it, if you're doing metalcore and you think you're a rock star, you're really goofing. It's, it's just, it's for fun and it's to, like you said, inspire the youth and then also just be some sort of uplifting thing for, um, you know, people our age. And I mean, I think that the the average listening base age-wise has uh, gone up quite a bit like the brownings now is like 25 to 34. um
1: yeah i've been seeing our stats hit high for like 35 years old and shit.
0: yeah and i mean i think that there's uh i maybe just our generation is not angsty but just does have this especially we're all becoming adults and has this stress that none of us have really experienced uh, and so I think that metal is still like an outlet like that and, uh, for people like our age and, uh, you know, in the mid twenties and stuff. And so I think that some sort of uplifting, um, you know, hype music that can kind of just be a stress relief and like stuff like the emo night and the concerts and just like the type of stuff that unity is going to provide at a live show is just very meaningful for, I think people that are going through this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, man. I definitely can say this therapeutic for like everyone in a factor and like I don't I don't want people to feel like, you know, they don't belong at our shit. Honestly, if like I try I try to tolerate people, you know, I really do. But like if you come on my shit or come to my shit and you start acting weird, then it's like a problem because you're just killing the vibe, obviously.
0: Yeah. But and- And you do, you also do some, um, some rap stuff on the side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, just, I just experiment with a lot of music because I'm just, I like to listen and explore things. Like obviously shouldn't this scene gets boring. I've been listening to a lot of hyper pop and like other artists branching off from that, you know, different branch to like, you know, alternative you know, alternative like cyber, like it's, it's just weird, dude, you know, like it's cool, but it's experimental. And I'm like, I love that shit.
0: Yeah. And I, I think a lot of musicians particularly rotate to some music like that, just cause you, whenever you work on music so much, it gets so bland to, especially listen to the same type of music that you work on yourself. Like you really got to get, get away from it. Uh, and so, yeah, I 100% back that. And, um, Especially, you're you're getting world-renowned for your Gucci cowboy. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm kind of, like, publicity uh, stunning it because I'm, like, y'all are acting like I'm not shit unless you see me with this hat. But if it picks up again, I have a couple of songs that I was going to, I was going to, like, drop. But, you know, like, it's just all a part of, like, an idea of like what I can do in order to get myself, you know, further out there so people know about me and then want to know what I'm about. Yeah. And yeah, like Unity, Unity is doing great things for itself. Like Unity is like another brand, you know? So doing like my TikTok shit where it's like, you know, doing Gucci Cowboy shit and, still being able to like thrive on both. I can like post about both and people give a damn about both of them. It's like cool for me because I want to be able to be likable. And, you know, I guess it sounds weird and obsessive to say, but it's just like, no, that I can't miss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, confidence is
0: such an important aspect when being a entertainer, you got to be confident. Yeah. And I yeah. really I, like your realm that you're working in with all this type of stuff and, and who you are as an entertainer. Uh, it's it's like what you know, Post Malone or Tyler, the creator, that whenever they're talking to some interviewers and they ask them about rap or whatever, like Post Malone said, I don't want to be a rapper. I'm not a rapper. I'm just an artist. And Tyler, the creator, said stuff very similar where... He was just like, I'm just making stuff. He he didn't want to be known as a rapper or just a, a skit artist or something. He wanted to, he just wants to create things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, really, I just, all I do is want to create things, you know, like there is, it's weird because like, I'm not the best rapper because there's a such thing as like the best rapper.
0: Who's um, the best? Who's the best?
1: You know that's debatable like i i really don't i really don't know what to say you know there are people who make me feel a certain type of way in every aspect
0: what's you your know, what's like, your favorite style of rap to listen to
1: that's debatable as well <laughs> um you know like it's there's so many technicalities in music alone it's like i like listening and like people fucking hate eminem but like i'll listen to like eminem shit because like bro his lyricism the way that he delivers it and everything what he puts into his songwriting as far as like the visual aspect through like making weird noises and having this and that and stuff like you know you don't hear that from everyone
0: to me it's his the wordplay is insane like you have to listen to it a couple times to be like How did he twist those lines together like that? It's just, it's unfathomable how often, like the crazy amount of wordplay he does in each verse even, you know?
1: Yeah. Like I say, you know, everybody, everybody has their, (laughs) or damn, that was crazy. Everybody is like their own, you know, version of crazy, psycho, whatever, and they can contain it to do what they do by using it as like you know shit like that like it, it, i don't want to think about what most of the best potential rappers could do if they reach their breaking point you know it's just what they do with their abilities it's like you know what's wild to me like who's who's another person like uh <laughs> like mystical yeah yeah like, you know, like maybe maybe these guys are just playing their rap shit or whatever or playing a rap card or whatever. But it's like you got to be a certain degree of something to be able to do the thing that you do as an artist. that makes you stick out beyond other people to where people can can even debate considering you the best.
0: And what do you think is the what do you think it is about you that you're that you're trying to put out there like that?
1: Oh, um, honestly, like, dude, it's weird. It's like. I don't want to be, like, someone that people, like, look up to, like, as, like, like, it's, it's weird. It's, sometimes I get in my head about shit and I'm like, yo, you know, this shit, like, i ain't shit you know it's not about that or whatever i'm just thinking about my whole entire life in my head all the time but people are thinking about me in the now and they want to fuck with me in the now and be like me in the now so i have to be in that mindset but i don't want that to make me you know be delusional and act like i forget where i came from so it's like really a double-edged sword with like feeling like wanting to be like an inspiration to people because it's hard to exist every day bro like you could really be someone's like whole entire like you know light in a darkness and stuff and like they appreciate you for everything you're doing anytime they see you no matter what you're doing they always feel good about you but you could just feel like the worst and that's just like one of those things where it's like hard for me to balance doing this shit you know, sometimes I do just kind of want to crawl under a rock for a little bit and just kind of like, you know, just not be thought about for a little bit while I like recollect myself because I'm like, why the fuck am I tripping right now?
0: Yeah, I I feel that everything you just said like so hard because I've, I've been trying to put myself out there for years of just being uh, interacting with fans every day. And I mean, I streamed on Twitch for like five years solid. And it it really was a thing where every single day that I got on Twitch, people were getting on there and like, oh, thank God you just got online. I've had a horrible day. And, you know, that's a good feeling, but it's also uh, a decent amount of responsibility that kind of weighed on me. Uh, Like I I started feeling really like depressed myself if I just wasn't feeling it and didn't stream for like a week. I was like, man, dude, I'm, I'm freaking letting everybody down right now, you know, and that it's something that weighed on me for quite a while with pretty much everything. Even, even up until now, like I had, I have a Patreon that I was, uh, had all these plans for everything that I was going to do. And you know, everything just got really busy outside of that. And I have people support me on there, but I didn't even upload anything for like a year. And I just, stuff like that does weigh on me where it's, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to be out there to provide, but just like you said, sometimes doing this stuff, like I, you really got to try to step back and also be like, yo, I need to relax and not stress over this crap right now for the betterment of myself or my family or my friends or just whatever. And uh, are you is with what you're doing cuz you're doing a lot of stuff right now too. Uh you got all the stuff with Unity. You're also doing uh you have Twitch, you have the TikTok, you have the Instagram. You got all this stuff that people are so intrigued to see you post on, but uh you think that do you think that it's kind of an issue in the modern world of having so many different outlets to have to reach people on and you feel obligated to do so at times? Speaking of being difficult to reach people on multiple platforms i'm going to talk directly to you guys real quick again with another sponsored ad for my company mosh vip Me and Hardcore Keem started up Mosh VIP and we launched it with this upcoming Browning tour. So if you're coming to one of the shows, you can buy the VIP Meet Us in person and get this exclusive merch. If you can't come to the show, you can still do the VIP. We're doing something very sick with an online VIP. No matter where you are in the world, you can pick up the online VIP, have the merch bundle shipped to your house, and we will send you... A personal video thanking you and saying what's up for supporting not only The Browning, but also mine and Hardcore Keem's new company, Mosh VIP. We're going to be working with a ton of bands in the future. It's going to be very sick and a lot of fun connecting bands with their fans. And so if you want to support The Browning and Mosh VIP, head over to moshvip.com slash thebrowning. Pick up this exclusive merch bundle for the tour. And if you can't make it out, pick up the online bundle. Again, moshvip.com slash thebrowning. That is m-o-s-h-v-i-p.com slash thebrowning. Appreciate you. Now let's hear Jay's answer to the question about being a little overwhelmed about posting on so many platforms.
1: Uh, Yeah, because just because of like, I guess, uh, the rendering or whatever of like every different type of like website. Like I want to be able to like multi-stream to like TikTok, Instagram live, you know, uh, Periscope on Twitter, Twitch, a uh, Facebook live gaming, you know, like I want to be able to do that all at once and like have everybody there interacting with each other, you know, rather than having to cut time out of my day to do Instagram Live for, like, an hour or something like that, and then do TikTok for, like, you know, an hour and a half, and then get on Twitch for, like, three and a half. And, you know, like, it, it definitely just weighs upon me trying to keep all of those up. But also at the same time, it's kind of like a routine. Like, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll work out, something like that, um, make some breakfast, and then... I'll get on Instagram live while I smoke, you know, talk to people, be like, good afternoon, what are y'all up to? You know, people come in, we chop up for a little bit, then I hop off. And, you know, I'll probably get on TikTok, see what notifications I don't have, and then I'll be like, damn, well, maybe I should just go live. I'm go live with my acoustic, play acoustic for a little bit, get some people to tap into my other platforms if they want to you know, get a couple followers, like, you know, it's like one of those things where I just have to, like, make time for everything, and it's, it definitely does tire me out, but it's also routine in, like, the modern, I guess, like, internet world.
0: Yeah, it's it also but, feels good to interact with with the people, and that's the biggest thing I miss about Twitch, is I felt like I had so many friends, like, whenever I was doing that, you know, I had so many people I was talking to every day
1: yeah yeah dude i just at at this point like i'm trying to do my best but like i definitely get burnt out on at least TikTok because i'm like bro honestly i just don't feel like sitting on there looking through like a bunch of videos to figure out what's popping right now and then trying to make a video related to that i kind of just want to make a video off something that comes off my mind And there have been, like, you know, a lot of those where I've had where they popped off. But, you know, not every one hits. So I have, like, maybe, like, 13 bad videos. And then, like, you know, the 14th one gets, like, maybe, like, 3,000 or, yeah, like, you know, like 3,000 likes or something like that. And I'm like, damn. Well, I don't know. You know, it's weird. So you you can't really look at it with that much pressure and shit. So it just kind of, like makes you sick to even think about it, especially when we wake up. Like like I said, you know, I wake up, I think, make a TikTok, you know, while I'm brushing my teeth, I'll be thinking or whatever. And then, you know, I'll start working out, doing whatever. And it's like, still no TikTok idea comes to mind.
0: And do you it's think, weird. you do you think that that's like, it, does that just become just this thing that, Is do you think it's still super beneficial, or do you think that it's it can get in the way? Like, what if you spend that same time thinking about lyrics for unity or or something like that? Like, that's where I get sometimes. I feel like I'm just like I'm I'm using so much time and on stuff that just might not matter as much as something else.
1: Yeah, it's not that I'm like spending time on it. Like, I don't like sit at the TikTok app for like very long trying to figure anything out. I'll just like watch a few videos. Yeah, you know, but there are some days where I'm just like, ah, oh, this would be a funny idea, but I usually got to be like stoned to even think about anything <laughs> like that. You know, unless it's just like something that I just, you know, like I'm actually feeling that I could change into like humor. Like I put on the, or put up a video earlier where I'm like putting on the cowboy hat and it's like the crowd's cheering and I take it off and they're not. And I put it on they're cheering again. It's like, you know, it's like, It's like a dark representation of like humor, obviously dark humor, but like, it sucks to know that like when you get on the internet or when you get on like stuff like TikTok and you went viral for something and people only see you in that, that they can only see you in that and like interact with you. Because I have like 28,000 people on there that follow me. And sometimes I get like just 11 likes on my posts. And I think it's probably the app, like, you know, like, you know, just kind of like putting down my posts or whatever, because maybe I promoted something or it's a flyer that directs them off of the app or something. But it's like super weird because that whole app is about marketing. Yeah. And that shit drives me nuts because like, you know, I could see every, every clothed part of the body, (laughs) and everything shaking around and stuff, but I can't tell everyone to, to come to my show for a big tour that I just announced that I'm excited about that everyone will probably make more TikToks of if they go there, you know, like it's just weird, you know, like that app does. I'm sorry.
0: No. And that's just the modern freaking world of, of the social media is the social media is where such a, important thing and still are but dude i was just talking i i was talking to someone today just about that stuff like i if i i have to promote my podcast in such a weird way what i do is i post a a normal post on the brownings page that just is a generalized this post will get a lot of interaction so i'll ask a question or something and then i have to post the podcast i'm trying to promote in the comments because that's the only way that facebook will uh, that it will allow interaction, so people interact on the actual post, but then go to the comments and see my post about the thing I'm trying to promote. Like you have to go around these things because all these social medias want you to pay money to promote your stuff, you know, and that's what that's what it's all about. They want you to run an ad if you want to promote a flyer you know it's It's so annoying that it's so based around that now.
1: Yeah, I hate that I'm like getting to see that because like, you know, my audience is getting bigger with the things that I'm doing. And, you know, like I usually am on top of shit, but like, yeah, the whole entire monetizing stuff like that, like TikTok just kind of came at me out of a like that was a big gust of wind I was not expecting. If I knew (laughs) about it before, like it got to this level and i was on it like i was on vine bro like i would have been massive dude because like my level of creativity back then was like insane but i spent it all just making videos and posting it on instagram for my internal following you know it's it's just one of those things where it's like you know i kind of want to punch myself in the gut for it if i could go back you (laughs) know like six years or something but it's all good you know Like we're we're at where we're at and we did it. So that's what's important.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's only like up from here for everything that you're doing. And I mean, the social medias are are the social medias, but really to me where it makes and breaks bands is is on those tours and really putting yourself out there and, uh, you know, grinding in that way. And I mean once everything really picks back up and is, is really going, I mean, who's your ideal band that you would want to tour with?
1: Um, I mean, like, I'm not really like, (laughs) you know, it's just, I don't, I, I don't know. Like I kind of want to tour with like, you know like it doesn't I don't really have an answer bro right (laughs) that's that's the weird thing like I whenever we got first sign or whatever like I got asked who we wanted to tour with and I was like Paramore and like I still I still stand by that but like you know obviously in this metal vein it's like who can we tour with that would like absolutely make sense that's like big enough or something like that like I, you know, I don't really have anything that, like, yeah. comes to mind, you know? Like, I feel like everyone's, like, good in their own vein, unless I just say we tour with Deftones, which, like, <laughs> that would be super fucking sick, but I feel like there's so many other bands that could get that over us. like
0: And you mentioned earlier, uh, hit on it for a second, but uh, I was, whenever I asked you, like, where do you see this going? And you mentioned definitely not in metal or hardcore, but how do you think you can rotate out of that with unity or do you think it would be with unity or do you think it'd be outside of that or how do you rotate to something with a a bigger audience outside
1: of the scene? Um, pretty much like not like the way, like I do appreciate like the fucking grind of Bremen horizon. That's definitely a big inspiration, but I look at stuff like, you know, like, the nerd like Pharrell and Chad Hugo, like back in the day, like they were doing like crossover shit like that, but like they could still do like hip hop tracks and stuff. But then I look at like, I look at like just like, just groups that could be where it's like Unity could be big, like what I don't know how to say their name right, Tommy and Paula, Tame and Paula. I'm so bad at pronouncing (laughs) that band's name, but I love their music, but it's like, you know, like Panic at the Disco, stuff like that, you know, it's just like the band's like massive and I don't know, like, yeah, we could still be in the scene and stuff, but like everyone knows about us, like. Demi Lovato's like, oh, I love Unity TX. Or Kylie Jenner's like, yo, fuck with Unity TX. It's been so sick. You know, what was that
0: band that had a bunch of, what, turn, not turnstile? There's a hardcore band that was getting a ton of attention from like uh, pop people and like big rappers was going out to their shows. I forgot what band it was.
1: It wasn't Jesus Peace, was it?
0: Uh, Yeah, Jesus Peace was doing that for a minute too. It was before that though. They were like playing South by So Wet and freaking. I don't know i don't remember the people that was going out to their shows but so you think that um you could draw attention to kind of being a hardcore or metal band from outside of it maybe from a cultural aspect
1: yeah so i like look at the idea like of course we're going to be experimental and have like softer songs or different direction songs but i always looked at unity as being like heavy hip-hop you know like you know to where it's like oh this band's like an insane hip-hop band. And, you know, it's just because like there's there's a lot of like groove and energy behind it and stuff. But I don't know. It's like hard to place us anywhere because I want us to just be like massive. You know, like I feel like if our music does what it's been doing all these years and continues to do that, then like, you know, like I just know that we're not going to be just in hardcore and metal you know i've already talked to people outside of the scene who are like you know on different levels who work with bigger artists and stuff they're like you guys are like going to pop and it's going to be it's going to be like way bigger than you think it is so i'm like no i i started this shit with like you know the intention of like we were just fucking around and stuff but then i saw the potential of everything you know you think about stuff like you know the instrumental of the Boys in the Hood by you know uh, EZE, and you're like, oh fuck, like this sounds like a fucking band could do it. Imagine yeah. if that shit could be you know redone and not to where it's like we need to have that type of song and then throw a breakdown in there just to be like brutal or edgy. Right. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. Like I actually want to do hip hop. Like I wanna, I wanna spit. I wanna sing. I wanna do other shit. You know, like it's something that i never experienced but it's always been like a vision for me like seeing this come together and just being like a massive thing because like lincoln park my biggest influence because that was what put me on to everything
0: yeah and i you know? think i think that it's it'd be very possible for you guys to have that i mean it does have that vibe um of that that hip-hop and that high-energy hip-hop vibe and one thing, too, that I that I have really been working on with the Browning in the sense of what I'm doing is I want the music to have uh, like a ravey EDM vibe at times, but without having to play like a full EDM part. Like you said, I don't think you guys need to have like just like a trap song that randomly goes into a breakdown. I actually think that that feels cornier than what it actually pulls off. And so I think making it feel like a hip hop song without having to actually play like musically play hip hop, I think is hundred percent the vibe and how you pull that off to really bring the two, the two together.
1: Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of people who just like stick on new metal with having turntables. And sometimes like, <laughs> yeah. I want to be like, this song could definitely have turntables and shit, but like, that's so much extra work, dog. Like yeah. listen to everything else. Like, Nine times out of ten, like DJ's not gonna sound like as icy on record live, you know, unless it's like do from Limp Biscuit or fucking <laughs> Funk Master Flex or something.
0: Yeah, and know? I I really think that what it is for unity that could really like do what what you your vision is, I think one hundred percent it's you as a personality. I think that like you have that personality. That can draw people to it and not only on stage, but also outside of the band as well. I think that what it is is more of like a, a cultural, uh, like a cult following for you and the energy that you provide. I think that's what would bring unity to a whole nother level. And I I, I have someone else that I manage that I've, I've talked to about this sort of thing and it was hard for him to, and still is hard for him to realize that he personally has a really good following and he feels awkward when I talk to him about that because he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to be humble and I don't, I don't really see it like that. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you are the, like, you are the thing, you are the thing that's bringing it. And I feel the same exact vibe from you. I think what can really bring unity out there is you as a personality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely something that I've uh, been looking at. And I'm like, you know, this past two years have been rough, but, you know, I'm back to working on my, on my shit, you know, working on myself and mentally being out here and being forefront for the shit that I speak on or the shit that I present, you know, like if I'm going to look like someone, I'm going to look like someone. I'm going to look like, you know, me. Make sure that you know it's me. And, you know, it's just it's It's wild, but you gotta kind of present that for people to be convinced,
0: yeah, definitely, and the confidence to that you have to put out there, but that's with you being on stage, you show that like tenfold <laughs> definitely if if anyone hasn't watched a live video of Unity, you gotta check it hundred percent, and I feel like that's where you thrive,
1: yeah, dude, I like just kind of like, I don't know, I don't really think about shit, I really just love just like. I guess the the music, the way that everything bounces and stuff. Like, you know, like I write this shit, you know, it's something that I like groove with, you know, when I'm by myself or whatever. So it's like, I don't know. That's why I like the band and the way I can present it to people because I'm like, oh, this is everything that I wrote. I know every corner on this, you know, I can catch you in a corner and you'd be fucked up because you'd be like, I didn't know that part was coming.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I just... I really appreciate everything that you're doing. And I love seeing you have so much success. And uh, I got one more uh, topic and one more thing to talk to you about. And the question is, you do talk about uh, smoking a lot, smoking weed. And uh, for anyone that knows me, I'm straight edge. I've never once smoked in my entire life. Never drank, never done nothing in my entire life. Um, But I, I do... Find it interesting to talk to artists that have the, um, you know, weed as something that is a, a a a thing that they use from a creative outlet, and so you talk about it, and I'm just I'm curious from your side of it, is it something that 100 that like not 100, but something that very much helps you as a creative.
1: Uh, I mean, definitely, I'll say that, uh, especially in moments like right now, it's made me fucking stupid and hyper-focused on dumb things, which is like, fine, but that is like clearly what it's like whenever I'm writing music, you know, it does help me dive in and, you know, think about how this could go or that could go, or I could hear some extra shit and dive into that, you know, and like change some shit up. Like when I go to the studio... I have to have smoke breaks because one, I can do things while I'm sober. That's absolutely chill, you know? But, you know, you get high strung, you know, when you get mad and stuff, like sometimes you don't be thinking straight and stuff. So I'm like, all right, instead of going outside to just take a fresh, you know, breath of fresh air, it's like go outside, you know, smoke a joint or something like that. And, you know, also just look around, just like think, you know, like, kind of, like, decompress and then come back with a fresh mind, but, like, your, like, whole entire, uh, I guess, like, perspective on everything is, like, elevated, you know? So I don't feel, like, very, like, cloudy when I get into it. It can, like, be a bad trip or whatever if you smoke and you're doing something and you get stuck on something for, like, 15 minutes, because that can absolutely happen. But I feel like doing it while writing music ever since, like, what, like, 2014, like, when I first started the band. I, was, I was first started smoking weed, like, after my first tour when I got back home, you know, and I was, like, yeah, eight years ago. It's fucking crazy to think about that, but it's, like, helped me mentally, like, just kind of fathom life and everything that happens. I used to, like, over- uh overreact to certain things I mean like yeah I probably still do now and that's why I smoke you know it helps me dumb down and not be so like you know just you know aggro on the edge or whatever because like I don't know I was just like raised a certain way where it was like I was always tormented by someone or something like that and you know I didn't really have like a father figure or anyone to really tell me you know like hey it's not cool to act like this or You know, like try to handle it this way, anything like that. I just, you know, I have my mom, she tried her best. But with a single mom raising, you know, four boys, it's, it's not that easy to teach them all something, especially whenever they're all different ages and doing different things and stuff. I don't blame my mom for that at all. I honestly have, I believe that I've done better for myself in life, you know, for years and stuff, especially since smoking weed. Granted, it is, uh, you know, something that I have to spend money on, like, weekly or something like that to get and stuff. But, like, it's a bonding experience to help me, like, network and meet other people, too. You know, like, I have talked to, you know, some of my favorite band people or, like, favorite, you know, artists, creatives or something like that, you know, just because of, you know, weed as a whole, you know, and... I know it sounds weird on going into this, but like that is exactly everything. Like it's embodied me to like create more music and be more driven for this. It doesn't stop it if I go sober right now, but it's just like it's what helped me fall in love with everything and really like realize what this shit, you know, could do if you had that type of mindset where nothing else mattered besides you diving into tunnel vision right now on this song. Yeah. You know?
0: And so for you, it's it's less of like, oh, I have to smoke to write music. It's more so to just uh, help you focus and then also to kind of take the stress off, to kind of to ease you and because it can be stressful to be recording music and it can be frustrating to be stuck on a part or something like that. And I definitely take a step outside. Maybe I'll go on a walk or something. Um, but for you, smoking just makes you kind of relax and... Maybe just you know give you that that uh, freshness to be able to go back into it level headed.
1: Yeah, it definitely slows me down and helps me just kind of like look at the universe, like you know, look at everything around me and be like, "Hey, yo, chill." You know, think twice. Or you know, like it's it's not that rough. Like you know, I don't I I don't smoke cigarettes and I haven't for a long time. But whenever I got into it, I didn't even know why I did it but whenever i first started smoking weed it was just like it made everything you know universally make sense for me yeah. because you know with without that i wasn't medicated on anything
0: definitely and i mean it's definitely uh you know and this comes from someone i've i've never smoked but it definitely seems like a better form of medication than a lot of stuff people take for those um the same ailments you know like if someone if someone's like they're going crazy in their brain and they can't focus then they take you know like a chemical whereas they could just smoke that and it's at least as natural as it can get
1: you know yeah yeah absolutely i'm a firm believer in that you know like i'll wake up in the morning and you know i'll go outside and i'll sit down or i'll stand you know in the backyard and just feel the wind blow and You know, just look around at the day, get some fresh air and like smoke. It's like a good, a good like relaxation or something like that for you to be able to like kind of deal with things. But sometimes you don't really have to do that or it's not necessary. Some people overdo it and stuff, but it really takes someone who uses it for the right reasons to know when it's, you know, time to not be so destructive with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can abuse abuse literally anything, even food. You know, anything can be abused. It's just about doing it in a way that's healthy and is actually beneficial to you. Yeah, yeah, and that's good to hear. I I appreciate that that answer from it because I a lot of people go with the the more the route that you know it gives them their creativity, but it seems like from you, it just it more so eases your mind that is already creative into being able to focus that creative energy in the proper way. so, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that answer
1: right there. Yeah, man. I mean, like I say, you know, we're all, our own form of psycho, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, weed helps me slow things down like the matrix and be like, catch that right there because that one looks good. And that right there, you know, like if you're playing jackpot in the casino, you can slow it down on some limitless shit. And then like, you know, <laughs> know exactly what to hit like that's that's how it makes me feel with music because like i can hear notes in notes if i'm just literally that stone it sounds weird but it's just like it it's it's like a weird trans translation for me that i'm just like it's not like i'm dependent on it it just helps me dive deeper into stuff it's like if people took adderall and wrote music yeah
0: definitely and yeah, man, I mean, I, I just love everything that you're doing and it's really good to see someone from, you know, you, you give me, it, anytime I see your stuff, I, it always gives me this nostalgic feeling of being back in, in Louisville at the skate park. And really you were the, you were the freaking first person to interact with me whenever I moved down there. And so like, I was just kind of going to the skate park, hanging out by myself, just kind of skating around, you know, and I'm not even that good. And, Uh, and so you really are someone that I think about often, especially whenever it came to me starting up the Browning. Um, and so it, I, I really love seeing you out there, Carolyn. It's, uh, I, I get happy every single time.
1: Thank you, bro. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. You know, like I I do want to make the homies back at Louisville proud because I want to be able to go back and start treading Louisville again. You know, not like saying like, you know, it's. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm out here doing this shit and I've been doing it for years. I can't let my bros down. I can't let nobody down.
0: Yeah, let's do a, a Browning Unity TX at Fat Daddy's. Let's bring it back.
1: <laughs> Dude, I swear <laughs> to God, someone said that that venue existed again. I, like, I feel like I kind of looked it up, but I don't know, man. If that venue has come back like... I'm going to occupy a night there real quick for the nostalgia <laughs>
0: value. Yeah, definitely. We, I mean, we did like um, the Browning was the, uh, I don't know how to say it, the the touring band that like headlined a battle of the bands that was there. Like they would so yeah.
1: yeah, that was the first show I ever saw y'all. That was like after I had first met you and I was like, who's the Browning? And someone was like, oh, that's the Browning. And then I saw you, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, he's in the Browning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Loving it. I I freaking, I think about that place all the time too. It's, I I don't know, starting the Browning in in Dallas, it was the best place for it. And yeah, I really get nostalgic feels every time I I see a post from you. And so I really appreciate you here talking to me and uh, where can people find you on like your Instagram and all that good stuff?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. If you want to find me on Instagram, I'm basement ghost, B A -S S E M E N T G H O S T uh, same on twitter tiktok i'm um, ghost world on twitch uh you know unity tx Sharlene g if you want to find my music you know just just kind of everywhere and nowhere at the same time so
0: <laughs> aren't we all right just floating through space
1: yeah i mean real realistically yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for talking to me jay i really appreciate it man absolutely dog thank you for having me yeah peace out thank you for listening to the burn this world podcast and again before we head out head over to mosh vip.com slash the browning and pick up an exclusive merch bundle for this upcoming browning tour even if you're not able to go to the tour pick up an online bundle and that is mosh vip.com slash the browning see you guys on the next episode peace